Meanwhile, the dramatic shift in real-world policies from Trump to Biden has created a shock to the system as Americans wake up to a new reality. Senator Chuck Grassley will expand on those policies, as well as a new disinformation bureau also being called the Ministry of Truth. And are Americans catching on to how big of a problem our open borders really are? We'll talk about a new poll that says they are indeed with former director of the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Tom Homan is here. And then 82% of Americans now view China unfavorably. Dr. Li Yang says it's time to label China a genuine adversary. We'll dive into all those stories and more on Viewpoint this Sunday. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. Uh, This is Malcolm Outloud here. Well, we, you hear in the talking points up front where we're talking about uh, ministries of truth and immigration gone amok, and so many of the Biden policies have followed that process. Uh, we're going to talk to Senator Chuck Grassley here right up front, top of the program here. Uh, Senator Chuck Grassley is the senior senator from Iowa and the ranking member on the Senate Judiciary Committee. Find out much more about his Senate candidacy at GrassleyWorks.com. You can find out lots more there. Let's jump right in here. And Senator, thank you for joining We the People on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Well, I'm glad to be with We the People, and We the People is a very good way to start a conversation in a constitutional democracy. Let me ask you here in the abstract first, at uh, where I like to start at 30,000 feet. Now, you've been in the House of Representatives since 1974. To remind everybody, that's when Nixon was there. I mean, just to give us a, a sense of history here, you were elected to the Senate in 1980, of course, Jimmy Carter, and then the Ronald Reagan. Many of us are, are heroes. Uh, have you ever seen in your lifetime, your political career, a more dramatic shift in our nation? That from what took place, I'm speaking about from the Trump administration to the Biden administration, and I'm talking about the impact of that with Americans. Have you ever seen more of a dramatic shift? Uh, I have not. And let me suggest that that uh, it, there was a dramatic shift from Obama to Trump as well. And, and what made that so very uh, unique in American history is all the efforts that were done to discredit the election of Trump. And with all this uh, Russian disinformation and everything. And uh, finally, maybe after three years, we kind of put a stop to that. But we're still hearing some of that. And then you go to Biden. And really what is unique about Biden is it's really a Sanders-type presidency because I didn't know Biden to be so uh, extremely socialistic 
as a United States senator, where I served with him for 28 years. So that uh, backs up what you said in your question, that there's a dramatic change, probably more so than any time between Trump and Biden. To your point there, I seen a, a message from one of our colleagues just yesterday that said Joe Biden is the worst thing America has done to itself in the last 100 years. Now, you mentioned Bernie Sanders. Actually, throughout the campaign, Senator, there was the unity task force that Bernie Sanders was heading up and pushing. You had the, all that green energy stuff with AOC and that left wing Marxist part of the Democrat Party that has really taken it over. So a lot of people were surprised with Joe Biden that he went from a uh, so-called moderate, as you would say, milquetoast to something more uh well, for many Americans, depressing uh, with this uh, far push to the far, far left, uh, which makes a lot of the policies I want to talk to you next more important and more dramatic. Uh, do, do you think in your heart of hearts, having seen all this, are Americans paying attention? I mean, we're coming in, we're in an important midterm election year. Uh, we see what's taking place. Are, are people, and also I'm talking center, moderate independence, left of center, are they paying attention? Uh, absolutely. Now, you, you maybe know about my 42-year career of going around the grassroots of Iowa to each of our 99 counties yeah. every year to hold a Q&A, not just to drive through the county or just to see one person. I sit down with a group of Iowans uh, every year since I've been in the Senate, and in, in, I don't forget a part of the state. And so I've been in 50 counties so far this year. And whether it was last year or this year, inflation and the open border and connected with the inflation issue uh, is uh, the distrust of this administration's energy policy. And that's what I hear from the grassroots. Let's dive more into that energy policy right now here. Uh, you had a tweet out, uh, America was energy independent, and now we are energy dependent under President Biden, uh, should reverse his energy policy so we can return to energy independence. And of course, as you state in the message here, uh, Senator Grassley, rising energy costs are the driving force behind record inflation, to, to be sure. Energy drives everything. It, it drives all of our goods. It's not just the gas you put in the pump. Some people are uh, misconstrue that. It, it drives everything, all, all of our cost of goods. Uh, with what you've seen, the dismantling of America's energy, it's almost like a hostile takeover of our energy in this country. And people are feeling this like really never before. Uh, I think we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg with these gas prices, but surely everything else in our life is being impacted. They're not going to reverse those policies, though, are they? I think, uh, I mean, it's safe to say we're stuck with this for at least the next three years. Uh, absolutely. Energy independence on January 19th, going to energy dependent on January 20th of last year. Mm -hmm. So what do you expect when you shut down building pipelines, when you stop drilling on the north slope of Alaska, off the shore of Alaska, on public lands, in the Gulf, and also off the Atlantic coast, and then you put restrictions on fracking, and then you tell the banks not to loan money to energy companies. Then what do you get? You demoralize mm -hmm. and bring uncertainty to the energy industry. 
and then uh, the price of gasoline goes up a dollar and a half, and then uh, you go to Saudi Arabia and Venezuela to import their oil into the United States. We have good environmental regulations in the United States, and they don't in those countries. So you import their pollution as well as their oil when we got oil right under our feet. And then think how that is so contrary uh, to the, uh, uh, the environmental policies of this administration. Import that pollution when you're trying to cut down on pollution by shutting down uh, drive, uh, energy industry in this country. It, and, and then... Uh, and then you try to blame Putin for it. Now, maybe you can blame Putin for 15 or 20 cents of the increase in the gasoline, but not that first dollar and 20 or 30 cents. And then, uh, so if you want to do something about energy prices, don't go to Saudi Arabia or Venezuela. Just reverse the very bad policies you put in place a year ago. But but they don't seem to be any close to that decision whatsoever from what we see. Let me ask you this here. With all of this said about energy, uh, Senator, and what we're dealing with right now, what um, what is their real motive? I mean, listen, we're not set up for this green environment, wind and solar. We're not going to run our country. Fossil fuels are a part of life. Uh, putting aside the uh, the sketchiness of climate change to begin with. Uh, and how that is being uh, politicized and has been. What is the real motive? They have to know this was going to fail. They they have to know we can't just flip a switch and all of a sudden tomorrow we're all on wind and solar and we don't need fossil fuels anymore. They had to know they were going to collapse the economy. I mean, think about that, what we're talking about. What what do you think their real motive is? Well, I'll give you uh, two points there. Number one, when China is throwing away their bicycles and getting cars. In the United States, they want you to throw away your car and get your bicycle, and that changes the way of life. So they do not like the pleasures that we have in America because for 200 years, we've been building this country up to whatever any individual wants to do because that's the personal freedom we have under the, the Constitution. And then in turn, the sort of economic and private lives we want and the luxury we have, the luxury we work for, and, uh, and all because of the ingenuity that our economic system and educational system gives people the right to have and the encouragement to have, they uh, don't like that. There's somehow we have to be apologetic because we've been so successful in America. You don't see anything that can change this beyond them changing the policies now for energy. I mean, really, is it safe to say this is what we're going to deal with? I mean, elections, as they say, have consequences. We can debate the last one, uh, how serious that was or not. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's really, I mean, we're stuck with this now, aren't they? They're not moving off those policies. Okay. And we, we well, don't have anything more we can do, do we? Well, you can start the process mm -hmm. in the November elections by returning the agenda to the Republican agenda. Now, can, I can't promise you that Republican agenda 
is going to reverse anything that this administration wants to do for two and a half more years. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to have the Schumer and the AOC agenda because of Pelosi and Schumer won't be in power. We're going to have a Republican agenda, and we're going to be talking about the things that we want to talk about, and we're going to try to change the policies, and we're also going to have the powers of investigation that we have when we have a majority of the committees, and I have a good reputation for investigation, and uh, and every other Republican senator uh, and and congressman will be in a position to do that. So maybe we can halt some of this. If it's uh, dramatic enough and Biden wants to run for re-election, and I doubt that he's going to, but if he wants to, he could, if he wants to get away from the Sander approach to stuff, he could start saying, like Cart, or like Clinton said in uh, 94, uh, I'm going to work with a Republican majority in the Congress. It does seem like we've set this energy thing up for failure. When you look at all the European nations and the supply of energy from Russia, nobody took into consideration what might happen in the future. Uh, we have played, it appears to me, the Russia narrative quite wrong here in our country. I'm speaking of Washington, uh, the back and forth of our two political parties and what took place through the Russia, Russia, Russia disinformation through the last campaigns. Seems like we have played this wrong and pushed Vladimir Putin into the arms more of Xi Jinping. Let's speak about that Ukraine uh, crisis, this war that is happening right now. Do you see an off ramp? I mean, if we don't give an off ramp for Vladimir Putin, how does this thing end, do you think? Well, what you said may be true about Putin and potentially better relations with China. Mm -hmm. Maybe we did something to do that. But right now, I can only look at what's happening to answer your question. It's difficult for me to speak to your point of view, not disagreeing with your point of view, mm -hmm. but saying that Putin had no threat from Ukraine. It was unjustified for him to go in there for two reasons. The U.N. Charter, you don't violate the sovereignty of other countries. And then the Budapest Agreement where Ukraine was urged by Russia, the United States, and European countries to give up their uh, nuclear weapons, and we would guarantee their sovereignty. And, uh, and uh, Putin has broke both of those. So if you believe in the rule of law and international relations, then uh, you can't let Putin get away with what he did. Now, we, we can't uh, put American troops in Ukraine but the extent to which we can keep our promise that the sovereignty of Ukraine was violated, I think we have that obligation under the Budapest Agreement. With this escalation of the war now, which seems to be widening, how concerned is Washington, do you think, and in an overplay of Vladimir Putin? I mean, there's reports he's not doing well physically, health-wise, that sort of thing. Uh, again, I come back to this off-ramp. Don't we need to somehow get this to the table of discussion to give this madman an off-ramp to this scenario? Well, I think the answer is yes. But I uh, don't see that off-ramp right now 
unless he's willing to take the initiative. And I think that he could possibly have some of Ukraine. I, I don't believe he's entitled to it. I think he was wrong what he did in 2014. Yeah. But also getting back to your point about uh, what we have done to uh, Putin. Uh, three administrations have been wrong in looking at Putin. George W. Bush, I saw the soul within his eye or something like that. And then a, a restart under uh, Obama. Mm -hmm. And then Trump comes along and says, you know, something good about Putin. I think that all gave him encouragement to do the things he do. And then don't forget, if we encouraged him, it was because we didn't respond appropriately when he went into Georgia or Crimea or uh, the Donbass region of Ukraine. Uh, we, we, in a sense, had a responsibility to draw a line in the sand, and we didn't draw it. And you know, when you draw a line in the sand, you got to make sure that if that line is crossed, there are uh, problems for the person that crosses it. And too often we don't do that. Mm -hmm. And too often we lead to Putin to believe that he's a better person than presumably he is mm. as a former KGB officer. And we didn't take those things into consideration. Yeah. In just one quick point of reflection on that, back to Trump and what you had stated there, he never really had a chance to work with or do anything with Vladimir Putin because the, the Democrat, uh, the Marxist Democrat Party had cut the legs off of that relationship with this crazy uh, dossier and uh, Russia, 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 and uh, th this whole narrative that was never true. So his administration was mocked from day one. I don't think he have a, ever even had a chance to respond in any way with uh, Vladimir Putin. D don't you agree with that? Uh, yes, I do agree with it. Uh, but he did one time go there and sit down with him mm -hmm. and handle that in a way that would encourage Putin, I think. But you're right. The Democrats destroyed this person before he was ever sworn in as president of the United States in 2017. Yeah. They had this disinformation campaign going before he was ever elected. So you're you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, two other big points, and before we lose track here, you talk about disinformation there that is in the news cycle for sure this morning. And that is in regards to uh, this uh, police and free speech with this, uh, well, call it what you want. They call it the Ministry of Truth. You know what I'm speaking about, or certainly a dystopian yeah. disinformation bureau. Uh, they put this uh, uh, this uh, person, Nina uh, Jankowicz, it doesn't matter if they put Howdy Doody in there. Uh, this department is Homeland Security. Is be it really is becoming very Orwellian by the moment here. This is remarkable what's taking place here. What kind of pushback are we going to have against this, please? Well, you're going to, you're already seeing plenty of pushback from the conservative side. Right. You're finding uh, defense of it on the liberal side. And let me say this. Everything, even the thought of it, is unconstitutional. It's a violation of free speech. But understand that that the Democratic Party fears political expressions free political expression they and when you don't have free political expression uh, it's a threat to democracy 
and they're fearful of our democracy. They're fearful of the truth getting out. And the only thing that that it legitimizes this bureau being set up, it's that finally they're showing their true colors instead of going to Facebook and with innuendos and and points of view that maybe this shouldn't be said on Facebook or that shouldn't be said on Facebook there. And, and then the Facebook becomes a state actor mm-hmm. violating our freedom of speech just as much as if the government does it. Now they're openly having the government violating our freedom of speech. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Is there any way we can stop them? Bottom line, is there any way we can stop this formation of this new entity under uh, the Homeland Security? Well, I would hope that we Republicans are, are, and even some Democrats are going to try to put a rider on appropriation bills saying none of the money in this appropriation bill can be spent on that program. But we do that frequently with a lot of regulations. Yeah. The, the question is, what happens with all of this? I mean, we, we've got to have pushback like never before. This is an overreach, if there ever was any. It's so ridiculous, it ought to fall by its own weight. Exactly. Makes sense. Beyond anything you could ever think of. I would have never thought just a few years ago that we'd be having this conversation right now. Uh, and finally, I'd like to talk to you about uh, the uh, one of the big stories is immigration, Senator. Uh, up next, we have Tom Homan, the former director of U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement on, which you know, Tom, and uh, we'll have a much more in-depth conversation on this. But let me start here. Uh, you have uh, you put out a great press release, actually, yourself on Biden, uh, the administration's uh, plan to handle the title for 42, the, the rescission of that, which is going to open up these floodgates like never before. We're seeing record numbers. We talk to Center for Immigration Studies all the time on this, uh, Gregorian and all. Uh, speak about you know, that press release you're saying, the job Senator Mayorkas is doing. And uh, is there any indication that they're going to reconsider that 42 or is this, are they just on the super highway to hell? We got a majority of votes in the United States Senate to stop it if Schumer will let it come up. There's at least four Democrats very openly have said so, and there may be uh, as many as eight Democrats that have said so. And if we can get 60 votes in the United States Senate and Schumer will bring it up, then we can get it stopped. Uh, This whole plan that's going to end on uh, May 23rd, Secretary Mayorkas briefed us last week on a six-point program Uh, That six-point program contains no new policies or proposals that actually stop illegal immigration at our southern border. And in in the end, uh, when when I go to these town meetings I told you about, and people say, Senator, what are you going to do about what's going on at the border? Well, I'd appropriate more money to finish the wall, but that's not the real world here. So in the end... Uh, we passed enough laws saying it's it, it, it you don't come to America without our permission. So uh, we we pass laws. The president enforces them. They believe in an open border. They believe in an open border, even if it brings in fentanyl to kill every American. If it brings in people on our terrorist watch list. If it brings criminals into our country. If it uh, brings virus in, because 15 percent of them. Uh, are peddling that, and then the human trafficking and the sexual abuse that goes along, and giving 
thousands of dollars each, uh, adding up to millions of dollars to the cartel to enrich the cartel. And uh, that's what's wrong with this border. It's just not that there's people coming here that want to seek a new life. It's that what they bring with them. And, uh, and, and you got to have closed borders or, or no, I just shouldn't say closed borders. You got to have borders that are guarded that you can only come to this country. Secure legally. borders. Secure. And, yeah. Yeah. Secure borders. Yes. Uh, but we don't have anything close to that. I mean, they're wide open on all angles and people are just coming because, in by the droves, right? Because they believe they believe in open borders. Right. They, they believe that anybody in any place around this globe ought to come to this country. They always talk about the poverty and the threat of life to the people in Central America. We have people coming from more than 100 countries into uh, illegally into America. And by the way, we're a very inviting nation yeah. from the standpoint of welcoming immigrants legally about a million a year. Well, I would agree with you there. Uh, America is, is based and built on immigration. We all understand the value of that. Nobody that I know of is against it at all. Uh, we just want some sort of rule of order in place or something that commands uh, uh, American integrity uh, on who we are as a nation. Senator, you are running uh, again for, for office. And I just looked up right now. It looks like your website. I think it's grasslyworks.com. Is that it? For the Senate? Yes, that's yeah. it. Right. And if anybody wants to, if anybody wants to help me, go to grasslyworks.com. Yeah, you've got, I need the help. Yeah, you've got your whole campaign out there, all uh, all your your gender and policies and what have you, as always. Here, you've been a remarkable man on on the American political stage for many many years. You've lived through uh, many chapters, including we always uh, harken back to the Reagan years, but even as far back as the Nixon years. Done an incredible job, uh, really. Uh, uh, do I assume this next campaign uh, is this your last run? Do you think? When, when, well, let me let me reword that, Senator. When do you ever get to the retirement years? <laughs> well, uh, hey, you probably read my background. I'm a farmer. My son Robin yeah. runs yeah. our family farm. We're corn and soybean farmers, and farmers never retire. How does that sound? I love it. I love it. No, no, I hear you. I hear you. But I, I, I think of you now as a statesman, and I say, well, when will he ever really retire? We never retire, do we? When we love what we do, it becomes part of our life, doesn't it? That's right. Thank you very much. Senator Chuck it. Grassley, thank you. Thank you so much, sir. Well, we often say the world around us has changed forever, and we need to change with it in the way we live our lives and our habits, if you will. One of the ways we can do that is with the Genesis Fogger. Now, the Genesis Fogger is amazing. It's a, it's a new technology in the fact that you take HOCL, which is a remarkable product, first of all, the hypochlorous acid, because this kills everything on contact, pathogens, superbugs, viruses, influenza, SARS-CoV-2, you name it. So you take the HOCL and you put that product into the Genesis Fogger and it puts a dry mist into the environment. It cleans it entirely and kills those pathogens and diseases on contact. This is something that I believe is going to be a household product moving forward. This is 
really amazing technology that you want to check out, which is why we talk about it on America Out Loud. Uh, that Genesis Fogger, you'll want to study this a little more. There's all kinds of scientific findings and facts you can find. And let me give you that website now. It's genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud. There's also some banner ads back at America Out Loud you can click. And by the way, you do get 15% off the Fogger when you use the Out Loud code. So be sure to use that for our listeners and readers are entitled to that code there. Uh, you want to check this product out and the work that it's doing. It, it's uh, something that's going to revolutionize the way we attack these sort of diseases and viruses in the future. Uh, GenesisFogger.com forward slash out loud for that discount. I will take a quick pause right now, my fellow Americans, and to our amazing friends around the globe here. Uh, we'll be out back on with Tom Homan. You're listening to Viewpoint This Sunday. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. In today's world, there's no escaping the headlines filled with warnings about emerging viruses and dangerous superbugs. Genesis is the only technology that safely and effectively obliterates harmful pathogens both on the air and on surfaces. Genesis plus HOCL neutralize these threats to your environment in just seconds. Find out more about this amazing technology at genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a 15% discount. With Genesis, you'll be prepared for what's next. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on the precautions, but deep down you still want to avoid getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a povidone iodine antiviral nasal spray. Made in the USA, Cofix RX reduces viral loads and minimizes the risk of you getting sick. Find a retailer near you or click our banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. People often ask me, Malcolm, how do we fight the corruption? Robert Frost has said it best, freedom lies in being bold. Well, for six incredible years, bold is America out loud. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and it is always a privilege to be with you, my fellow Americans, and to our friends around the globe, as always. We're heard uh, all around the globe. It's, it's terrific. Uh, listen, it's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. Uh, as we say, the mantra, liberty and justice for all. Now, your job is to get there and share the out loud truth. Uh, there's all kinds of things. I mean, countless uh, are columnists from around the globe, uh, shows, podcasts, talk radio, you name it, videos. It's it's all there back at America Out Loud. Uh, so, uh, listen, as we were just talking to uh, Senator uh, Chuck Grassley, we ended with that immigration piece. And the reason I put that there is because of this next segment, for sure. I wanted to dive into this uh, specifically more so, and we'll do it next with Tom Homan is here, and Tom is the former director of the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Uh, he's got a whole website of, of very unique things about immigration, uh, homelandstrategic.com. Find out a lot more there. 
you know, at different times, immigration is not always at the top of the heap or the biggest concern. Uh, in fact, a lot of people in the country, when they live in the interior part of the country, think it doesn't concern them, that it's just a border state issue. If anybody's been paying attention, that has been debunked for sure in the past many months when they're flying people and, and driving them and busing them and flying them all over the country in the middle of the night to remote places. Uh, and they're showing up in all kinds of states, probably all 50 at this point, I would imagine. Uh, but this Quinnipiac University poll uh, is uh, quite uh, telling. Uh, obviously, the economy hitting people's wallets is number one. We get that. We understand that. But guess what has now reached into the top plateau here of this uh, poll is going to be immigration as the biggest concern that Americans have in this midterm election. Are people finally waking up to what's really happening at the border, Tom? Well, I'm hoping so, because as you said a few minutes ago, regardless of what your thoughts are on illegal immigration, it's just not about illegal immigration. When you have the numbers, the kind of numbers you see on the border right now, historic numbers, right? The highest numbers we've ever seen in the history of recording immigration. Uh, and, that was, and that's on the heels of having the most secure border in my career, which is 35 years under President Trump. When you see numbers like this, what, what happens is right now, 60 to 70 percent of the men and women of Border Patrol are no longer on the line doing their homeland security duty. They are in processing centers, processing family units and those who come to the country to seek asylum, which, of course, nine out of 10 never get relieved because they simply don't qualify. It's mostly fraud. But when 60 percent, 70 percent of the border patrol is off the line, that's where the other problems come in. So it, it, this illegal immigration surge has created something. Number one, it's a public health crisis because of the COVID coming across that border. In addition to TB, measles, other diseases, COVID is just the latest. It's a public, it's a public health, uh, public uh, safety crisis, because Borbitro has already arrested over twenty thousand convicted criminals, rapists, you know, pedophiles. Uh, 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 there's a, a arrested yesterday guy committed homicide. I mean, it's, there's some serious people coming across, serious criminals coming across the border, and, and, and it's a public, and it's a so if the Borbitro arrested like about two hundred twenty-one thousand last year, one point seven million. I think it's at one point nine million, but it, wow. since Biden become wow. president. You're looking at over, you know, well over two and a half million people across that border. So here's a problem. When 60 to 70 percent of the border patrol is not on the line, there are a lot of gotaways because when border is half guarded, that's when the criminal, car takes, take, criminal cartels take advantage. People don't even understand when they send a group of 100 family units, 200 family units, they don't cross by themselves. They have to get approval from the cartels. They have to pay the, the alien smugglers, yeah. have to pay the cartels because the cartels control the plazas. So they direct when you cross it and where you're crossing because what they want to do is overwhelm the border patrol that's left on the line. Like again, less than half of them are left on the line. They want to overwhelm them in a certain area. So all border patrol agents respond to that area to, to deal with that crisis, humanitarian crisis. That's when the cartels move the fentanyl. That's when they move the bad people. Last month alone, because the border patrol is so overwhelmed, they had 67,000 known, these are known, 67,000 known gotaways. And what is that number based on? It's, it's, first of all, it's a border patrol number. It's based on camera traffic, mm. drone traffic, and sensor traffic that they record but okay. can't respond to because they don't have the manpower to do it. 67,000 gotaways in one month. Wow. Since and and that's a number you never hear, Tom. That's never reported what you're talking. I never hear that. It's the most important number because since Joe Biden has become president, mm -hmm. we're over 700,000 wow. gotaways. So here's the concern. So the national, I mean, the, the, the immigration crisis, the humanitarian crisis, the public health crisis, 
the public safety crisis are all important. But what this has caused is a national security crisis because you got over 700,000 Godaways, people that got in this country weren't arrested, no fingerprints, no biographical information, no vetting. And here's the problem. Border Patrol arrested 42 people on the FBI screening database. Terrorists don't want to be arrested, right? They've learned how to you know, evade law enforcement as part of the training. Yeah. So if they arrested 42, how many didn't they arrest out of the 700,000? Because the Border Patrol's arrested people from 161 different countries, and some of those countries sponsor terrorism. If anybody thinks that none of those 700,000 came from a country that supports terrorism and came here to do us harm, then they're ignorant to the facts. The numbers speak for themselves. Yeah, yeah boy, you hit such a massive point right there. I, I just hope everybody understands what we're talking about. And I've had this feeling and my gut feeling for a long time, well before this administration, back to the point of terrorism and bad cats that Tom is pointing out right now. And think about it. Let, let's just step back a minute and just think about it. Anybody, it, you know, regardless of, like you say, what your view on immigration is, is not the story here. But when you have that many thousands of miles that are exposed to whatever, whoever, and wherever, uh, you, you, there are a lot of people who want to do harm. There are a lot of people who want to get in here. You're not going to have to fly planes anymore in the buildings. You'll have other means to be able to do it right from the inside of the country, which we're set up right now for that. And it's not just the southern border, Tom. It's the northern border as well, which I always speak about. I've seen Veritas uh, Project many times doing those uh, uh, you know, exercises up there, which are quite telling. And you see the bad cats coming over and, you know, they know how to outsmart the system. Let's get to this Title 42. Uh, this is now th just to tell everybody. So everybody's clear. This was put into place by uh, former President Donald Trump uh, early in the uh, pandemic to make it easier to uh, find these migrants and send them back quickly without getting into this uh, chaotic uh, immigration program we have here in, in America. Um, this is in jeopardy now, uh, big time. Have you, do you see any signs that there's any movement on this, Tom, that they may leave it there? There's a lot of pushback from Democrats as well to not do this. What do you see is going to happen to Title 42? They're going to lift it. They're going to lift it because this administration, their ideology is open borders. Wow. Uh, the president ran on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe Biden ran an open borders agenda. He promised a moratorium on deportations. He promised amnesty. He promised no ICE detention. He promised, you know, so he promised free health care. So when you make those types of promises, the whole world's going to come. He knew what he was doing when he when he said the things he said. And when he became president, he signed over 90 executive orders, basically abolishing all the work that I did and others did with President Trump to give us the most secure border ever. They don't care. They, it, they're going to end Title 42 because it's, it's, it's their agenda to, to satisfy the progressive left. Now, Joe Biden, he voted for a Secure Fence Act back in 2006. He voted for border barriers. Wow. Now he's done the complete opposite, sold himself out, sold this nation's security out to become president because he knew the he needed the progressive left support. They're going to lift it. And the reason I say that is because everything they've done up to this point since he become president, everything they've done has acted as a magnet to bring more people. Yeah. They haven't done one thing to slow the flow. No, they have no. one enforcement operation. Let me give you a few examples. Okay. Secretary Mayorkas, during the most, the, the biggest surge we've ever seen, historic surge, he says in public, if you're in the country illegally, that's not enough to be arrested by ICE by itself. You got to have something else. You got to be a significant criminal or, or national security crisis. 
Here's the Secretary of Homeland Security telling ICE to ignore the law, the law, the law they took an oath to enforce. Because if you're in the country illegally, you should be arrested and you should be deported. That's the way the statute reads. But he told ICE, if they're simply here just illegally, they're not a priority, don't arrest them. What kind of message does that send the rest of the world? Enter this country legally, get released. Even if you go to court, which many of them don't, and even if you get a final order removal by a federal judge, you're just in the country legally. ICE isn't going to remove you. And two weeks after that, he said, ICE can no longer do work site enforcement operations. The number one reason people come to this country is, is get a job. Mm-hmm. Now he's telling ICE, you can't walk into a, a, work for, a, a work site enforcement, which means... Now, number one, you can enter country illegally. Don't worry, just here illegally, ICE can't arrest you, according to the secretary. Number two, you can get a job here illegally, but guess what? ICE can't step onto a work site. And guess what? You employers, it's, it's against the law to normally hire an illegal, an illegal alien. That's a felony. But guess what? Our secretary just said ICE is never going to walk onto a work site. And, and that is going to cause more people to hire more illegal aliens, which is going to drive more illegal immigration. They, they've written a policy just last week they're going to push out saying you can't arrest an illegal alien if they're a parent. A parent. Mm-hmm. You got a child under 18. So everything they've done, the policies they're pushing out, the, the, the ICE, they're, 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 they've decapitated ICE. ICE had the lowest number of removals last year. The same year had historic illegal immigration. ICE had the lowest numbers of removals in the history of the agency. So everything they've done is to tear down immigration enforcement, not only on the border, but the interior. And Every- yet, Mayorkas, and, and um, uh, uh, you know, I see him on record just in the last couple of days, actually blatantly saying that we're doing everything we can to secure the border. He says, we're doing that. And of course, Jen Zaki confirms that and says the same thing. That's their talking points back. Maybe they're partaking of the drugs that are coming over through the cartels. I don't know. But my point is to be sarcastic is it couldn't be further from the truth. Their their lips move, but none of it is actual. You actually made a comment on um, national television uh, just a few weeks back uh, this past month. You said uh, Biden purposefully left the southern border unsecure. And of course, we we tend to look at this and it is seems to be all purposefully every agenda item you just mentioned it's all intentionally that way yet they they talk and they say they're doing everything they can so the actual motive here back to the ideology tom with open borders the actual motive here appears to be what to d- dismantle america to what put us in jeopardy well, I, to, I, to I, what I, national I, security what the hell is it i think two things i think they're you know they want to radically transform this country yeah uh, and and but i think their their quicker goal and I say this because of a couple other reasons. Mm-hmm. Why do they want all these illegal aliens into, into this country? Why? Because what else did Biden do? When he signed over 90 executive orders, abolishing everything we created under President Trump, he also signed, he also uh, uh, abolished the Trump census rule. Trump had a rule you could, uh, illegal aliens can't be counted in the census. That's one of the first things Joe Biden got rid of. So these millions of people coming to the country, these millions of illegal aliens coming to the country, will be counted in the next census in sanctuary cities across this country. What does that mean? That means more seats in the House for the Democrats. So they don't, people say, well, these people can't vote. They don't have to vote. They just got to be counted in the census. It's going to result in more seats in the House for the Democrats. Yeah, that's a good know, point. And, and Democrats really think they'll get them amnesty. They'll make them citizens. They think these people will, 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 will yeah. thank the Democratic Party by voting Democrat. Yeah. There is no other reason to unsecure the most secure border ahead. I, I've worked with six presidents, starting with Ronald Reagan. Every president, including Obama and Clinton, they came in with some sort of idea how to secure the border. 
Some did it, you know, did a lot better than others, but they all had some idea. They all believe it's important to have a secure border. I remember Bill Clinton's State of the Union address. He talked about illegal immigration and to secure the border. But Joe Biden is the first president I know of in the history of this nation that came into office and unsecured the most secure border we've ever had. Who the hell does that? Right, Why right. So this is all about ideology. I- this you know, I, ju- I just asked uh, Senator Grassley up top of the program what you just say there, the, the radical differences between the Trump administration and the Biden administration and what took place. Had he ever seen anything in all his long uh, uh, storied uh, history here, political uh, career? Had he ever seen anything such a dramatic change in policy in our country? He said, no, this is the most dramatic uh, from Trump to Biden. And it was dramatic for sure from Obama to Trump. But this supersedes everything from Trump to Biden because Biden is entirely radical, as you've just said to that far left. Let me now talk about a solution, please. I've seen something. I definitely want to get your take on this. Actually, I'm very anxious to talk to you about this next point. I seen a video the other day and I seen a story uh, coming from George P. P. uh, Bush, uh, the Texas land commissioner here calling for a declaration of invasion. Now, this is in relation to many, obviously, as you've already stated here, Tom, the drug cartels, they own the border, they're running the operation, they're doing all of this. Uh, and it refers to Article 1, Section 10 of the U.S. Constitution, and it's about the Federal Immigration Authority versus states' rights, which we talk a lot about here uh, at America Out Loud with our constitutional experts. What do you think about that? Is that a real is that in real life? Can that happen? And and isn't that our only salvation at this point is if the states push back and say, damn it, we're not going to have it. Because if they don't start standing up to the federal government, where, where are we? We're in the Wild West. Well, I can tell you this. Look, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a constitutional scholar, but I've talked to constitutional scholars and lawyers that believe that's absolutely uh, the states have the right to do this. Now that the, the 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 attorney general of Arizona just did a, a legal analysis and he's he's declared this an invasion, which they need under Article Ten sure. for the states to take control of, of uh, the illegal immigration to secure the border and return people. Uh, I know the Texas Attorney General's office is reviewing that issue right now. Uh, we talked to them and, and and there's several of us that are pushing to ask them. Look, when I'm not constitutional scholars, but others say this, this can happen. You guys need to look at this. So I think we're getting there with the Attorney General in Phoenix, you know, making a legal analysis that it is an invasion. I think Texas, look, Governor Governor Abbott's done more than anybody this administration to try to secure the border. God bless him. But this is something I think he can do. And 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 the reason I say that, number one, because again, a constitutional scholar says he thinks it's legally viable. But more important, as a cop, me, you know, 35 years wearing a gun and badge, yeah. I know the danger we're in right now over the national security yeah. issue. Yeah. No, God help us. I'm. I've done this job for 35 years. I've never been more concerned about the, the safety of this nation than I am right now, mm-hmm. because I truly believe people have crossed that border who came here to do us harm. Yeah. Uh, you said earlier about, you know, after 9-11, we created all these systems for, you know, the no-fly list, the, the, the terrorist screening database, the visa security program. You can't get a visa to come to this country. You can't get a plane ticket to come to this country without being vetted through numerous databases, including DOD Intel databases. Why the hell, if you're a terrorist, you want to come and blow something up? Why put yourself through, through the rigorous process of being, you know, being found through to a, a background check on a visa or, or a plane ticket yeah. when you simply can cross the southwest border the same way 67,000 did just last month and not be arrested? So I am scared to death. 
that this nation is heading toward a terrorist attack. And that is why I think we all do everything legally possible to secure this nation, protect our sovereignty. That is what we're supposed to be doing. And I'm pushing for it. And I hope it happens. Yeah, Tom, uh, perfectly said. Uh, this is a moment. It is a moment in time for sure. And we're going to have to push back. And again, one of the answers here, and I'm glad to kind of end the conversation right there with you, Tom, when we talk about states' rights. And it's going to have, that's where the answer has to be now and the solution, because clearly the federal government is not doing it. Uh, and they're doing the opposite, which is undermining our national security in ways we could not even possibly think what could uh, happen. Uh, it's treacherous. There's a lot more to talk about ahead. Uh, Tom, thank you uh, so much for joining us here on Viewpoint this Sunday on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Uh, really appreciate you, brother. Well, look, and I appreciate you and what you're trying to do. We need people like you out yeah. there spreading the truth to American people because 90% of the media is just an extensive arm of the Democratic Party. They're not telling the truth. There's a lot of people in this country who don't even think we have a border crisis, never heard of it. So, you know, God bless you and what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. You're making this country safer by educating people. Amen. I agree with you there. His website, by the way, friends, is homelandstrategic.com. Find out a lot more there. Tom is a patriot, very clearly. Now, before I move it along to foreign policy, and there's some, a couple of interesting uh, stories I want to talk to you about on China, and Dr. Lee Meng Yang will be here in just a moment here. I uh, want to just touch with you on, you know, one of the things you've noticed here with America Out Loud is the strategic partnerships we are bringing to bring value to our lives. I talk to you all the time about different products on the platform. And the one I'd like to suggest to you right now that is something you definitely want to look up is Cofix RX. Cofix RX. Uh, this is the nasal rinse that goes in and, and uh, gets the pathogens and viruses, colds, influenza, superbugs, uh, any of this out of your nasal area before it gets into your respiratory tract and your lungs, basically. So it's a nasal rinse. It's with the povidine iodine in the rinse already, so you don't have to do the mix and all of that. This is a great product. It's fantastic. And our listeners are responding. Uh, all our listeners get 20% off, by the way. And just go to Cofix, C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com forward slash out loud. Or just click the banner ad, simple enough, back at americaoutloud.com for Cofix. You'll get 20% off the order. And five or more bottles, you get received free shipping as well. This is incredible stuff because of that nasal cavity. It's why you hear Dr. McCullough and I and many others on the platform talk about it all the time. So check that out, cofixrx.com forward slash outloud. Now, let's get on to uh, China here and a couple of interesting stories I want to share with you. And joining me now is Dr. Li Meng Yang is here. Uh, she's an independent uh, virologist and whistleblower uh, who is a, a regular here at uh, America Out Loud. And uh, OK, so I see this poll, uh, Dr. Li Meng Yang, about 82 percent of Americans now view China unfavorably and uh, very interesting uh, a poll here coming out um, that uh, they now see China as a real, real problem. Are Americans, in your opinion, from what you see, are people waking up to the threat that China is? Oh, yeah, Malcolm. Uh, I'm so happy to see this change in America. As a Chinese uh, who born and uh, grew up in communist China, I really want to tell Americans that communist China is the biggest problem for all of us, and we don't like it. So what we want people to know is it's not only the superficial problems you have seen from your media, uh, 
But the main point is uh, communist China based on the Leninist organization, which means they want to remove all the humanity. And also, this is more than a mafia-style organization. I mean, I know the uh, uh, American government now start to launch more policies against the communist China. And I can see people uh, advocate to uh, hold Chinese Communist Party accountable in the pandemic. But I also think there are a lot of things we need to further discuss to help Americans to understand how to treat communist China properly, and which means not let them use the other tricks to get a void of accountability this time. Yeah, and let me talk to you about some of those tricks now. And you know, you you mentioned that's the second time I've actually heard you refer to the CCP as a, a mafia. A very interesting classification. How you're doing that? I heard you in another interview you and I had, where I think I recall you referring to them as a mafia. And now I hear it here today. And I guess in many ways, the way they shake things down, well, just look at what they're doing to Shanghai right now and the people in Shanghai and, uh, you know, the Chinese people there are under this this uh, totalitarian uh, regime uh, with the CCP. So it is a bit of a, a mafia. There was a, a very, let me segue now, uh, Dr. Li Mingyang, to this very interesting piece in the Washington Free Beacon, which plays to what we're talking about right now why it's time to label China a genuine adversary. And so this is uh, from the uh, Heritage Action. Uh, it's the advocacy arm of the Heritage Foundation, which we all know as a think tank. And uh, they seek to send a message to the Biden administration and lawmakers, stop strengthening China. So I wanna to talk to you about the stop strengthening China part of this conversation. The heritage says it proposes fundamentally alerting the U.S. relationship with China by, by barring Chinese nationals from participating in federal programs, banning China from the U.S. supply chain, and icing it out of all national security projects. The recommendations are meant to serve as guideposts for congressional legislation to increase U.S. competition. What do you think of this idea coming from heritage and this uh, this concept of uh, being a genuine adversary and that we now need to change the way we do business with China and the CCP? Uh, I have talked to Heritage Foundation. They gave me the exclusive report and also I give them a lot of materials about COVID and pandemic and the bioweapon program in China. Okay. So I want to tell you that I think it is the time for America to do the action, strict action against the communist China because it's urgent. Because this is not only happened recently, but it is long-term, uh, I mean, the national strategy to undermine America from the communist China. It's not only about the Xi Jinping, it's also about the previous chairmen from Mao Zedong to Jiang Zemin to the other people. They have the various way to treat America some of them make Americans feel their friend, but no, indeed, they actually working in all the aspects to undermine America, to take over the freedom and democracy in America. This is very evil, and we don't have more time to leave to them for their, uh, their strategies. But uh, on the other side, I want to mention that please don't push all the Chinese people to communist China side, 
because communist China kidnapped all the Chinese people, no matter overseas or in China, as a kidnap, uh, as a hostage. So by people like me, I mean, I can tell people there are so many brave um, uh, Chinese people, even in mainland, they won't help America and also they won't take over this evil regime and uh, rebuild the new China and we can have a very great and peaceful uh, this kind of life with people in other countries. Yeah. So what we are doing now is to let people understand the evil regime and we, especially me and my friends with the, as the Chinese people, we want to help Americans to know how to uh, destroy this regime from the root in the proper way because we really understand communist China very much. And at the same time, we want to save as many Chinese people as possible because they are very capable and they are very nice people. They will be your friends. Yeah, I like what you say there. Uh, speaking about the kidnapping and the Chinese people, uh, can you tell us what the latest is in Shanghai? What What is going on there now? Has, has any of those uh, lockdowns changed? What's happening there? In Shanghai, it's terrible. But that is, as I said, it's a pure politics. Things happen in Shanghai. It's not about public health. It's about Xi Jinping and the other CCP parties. They want to take the... Uh, the power in Shanghai during these so-called anti-COVID uh, uh, this kind of battles. So there are troops sent to Shanghai and there were sacks organized by uh, government which used to control people. And they locked people at home. They used the eye wall, even electronic wall, or the wall, uh, or the wear with blades to lock people at home. And there were fire happened, but people cannot escape. And there are people get sick, but because hospital or uh, hospitals are shut down, so people cannot get treatment, and so they they finally die. And people are sent to the camp hospital. Basically, it's even worse than the prison in China. So all these kind of tragedies happened again and again in Shanghai these days. People starve to death. All these things. However, you only can hear a little bit from there because they control the media. So let the government have the freedom of the speech, then you will die in their hands. This mm. is something place not let it come to America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Li Meng Young, thank you for joining me on Viewpoint this Sunday. Thank you, Malcolm. This is uh, what we're talking about with China, and specifically to Dr. Li Meng Young's point there about Shanghai uh, is is a wake up call to society, uh, to this uh, oppressive regime, and uh, and uh, the the undercurrents of that relationship with uh, uh, Russia, uh, China, and Russia. In fact, here, uh, what a program! What a great program! Big thank you to Senator Chuck Grassley, um, immigration expert Tom Homan, and Dr. Li Meng Yang. Uh, my friends, and thank you uh, for being with us on the mission here. It's all back again at AmericaOutloud.com. Share the out loud truth. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. America.